Welcome to the Ridge University Podcast, a place to listen, learn, and discover tools for living. Now here's your host, Ridge Director of Discipleship, Will Heron. Well, welcome everyone. My name is Seth Sparks, and I'm your host for this Ridge University podcast series, The Story Behind the Story. I'm joined by Ridge Director of Discipleship, Will Heron. Will, welcome back for part four. All right, Seth. Here we are. Last, the last hurrah. All right. The finale. <laughs> yes. Are, are, are you ready to finish out the I think series? so. I think so. We can do it. Okay. Well, we've covered a lot of ground over the last few episodes, diving into different plot lines and themes, um, exploring our biblical roots for why these stories resonate the way they do. Um, and I think you have a couple more plot lines you'd like to explore. Yes. Yeah. So for this last episode, I'm thinking of one of my favorite storylines, and I'm calling it the quest or the voyage. This is the kind of story where someone's called into an adventure uh, of some sort. Maybe they find a map or for treasure. Maybe they have a quest that's given to them and their success or failure determines the future of mankind. You know, those kind of stories. Do they so. make movies about that? Uh, they do, actually. There's okay. quite a lot of those. That sounds enticing. Yes. Um, which, which ones come to mind for you in this space? Well, I mean, much like the other plot lines we've discussed, you can go all the way back through Greek, Roman, Norse, medieval stories to find examples. Homer's Odyssey is one where, you know, the main character um, embarks on a 10-year quest for home. The ancient mythic hero of Gilgamesh is another one where he's in, in search of immortality. For more recent examples... You can think of Treasure Island or The Goonies, Jason and the Argonauts, The Hobbit, Indiana Jones, The Avengers, you know, The Search for the Infinity Stones. All these stories speak of being summoned or, or called into something, a quest with implications beyond the scope of our heroes. And most of the time that journey involves tests uh, or trials, valleys, mountains, all to acquire the, the kind of pivotal treasure or goal. Yeah, and, and what we're learning is there's a lot of biblical similarities uh, as well to the That's stories. Right. You've got Moses um, being called out from hiding to lead God's people out of slavery in Egypt. Yeah. Gideon being called out to lead Israel's army. Um, the Apostle Paul called out to preach to the Gentiles. Right. Um, this is a familiar narrative, but – and here's the same question we ask every episode. Why yeah. do they resonate with us? Yeah, well, I think these kinds of stories echo a, a similar call that we're invited into, actually. I mean, listen to Jesus' words in, in Matthew sixteen twenty four: Take up your cross and follow me. I don't think it's a stretch to say that the main premise of our lives revolves around an adventure of sorts. You know, it's this invitation into relationship with God, but then it's an invitation and, and a calling into the unknown with God. We're made to be part of something bigger than ourselves, uh, to be part of God's greater plans for the world. We're made to live uh, with that kind of overarching sense of, of purpose to our lives. And, and not only that, a purpose that has eternal implications. I mean, Seth, I don't have to convince you, but I mean, purpose is huge for us as human beings. It's probably no surprise to know that a strong sense of purpose is associated with improved health outcomes, behaviors, but also the opposite is true. You know, I don't know if you've ever met, known somebody who just has a lack of purpose and vision in their lives. It's really detrimental. So 
I realize I've quoted a lot of British people on this series, but can I quote? Can I quote one more? I am British, after all. You know, there's there's English adjacency to you, so I suppose we'll allow it. <laughs> so, author Jeanette Winterson, um, she once commented commented that we're meaning seeking creatures. We seem to need some higher purpose, some point to our lives, money or leisure, social progress are are just not enough. And as we look to the Bible, we begin to discover why we so deeply desire this sense of of purpose and and where we fit in. Because the reality is we are called into something bigger than ourselves. You know, we are intentionally made and intentionally called into something greater. And yes, there may be unknowns and trials and temptations, mountains and valleys in this adventure, but uh, this is the quest we're called into and, and made for as followers of Jesus. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. I, I think we all desire to know that there's been some forethought into our existence, that, right. that there are plans and intention for our lives. Um, I also think it makes sense that even in a world where people deny the existence of any imparted purpose from a godlike figure, that we would seek out that purpose by making stories about it, Right. that those subconscious desires would manifest regardless our position position towards deity. Right. You know, I believe one of the ways many attempt to kind of supplement the absence of a God-given meaning or purpose is by searching for it and experiencing it vicariously in the lives of fictional heroes. You know, we immerse ourselves in these worlds, um, joining emotionally with their journey and their purpose and ultimately the fulfillment of their calling. And yet, Seth, the wonderful truth that we glean from the pages of Scripture is that we don't have to solely aspire to the fictional purpose or cause of our heroes to satisfy that deep longing. We each have, in reality, a God-ordained purpose and cause. As professor and author Michael Horton, who... Don't. Don't do it. (laughs) I don't know if he's British. I don't know. Maybe Let's just say he's American. He commented, we as believers are no longer spectators, but are actually included in the cast of this drama. I love that. Yeah, that's even great. if it was another British author. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so good I'll let it I'll let it. Okay, all right. All right. So these epic quest stories resonate because we like lead characters in these stories have a bigger calling and purpose to our lives. Right. Um we're part of an adventure where great things are at stake. Many people don't experience that in relationship with God and so seek it out in other stories. Any other reasons that we draw to this plot line? Well, yeah. I I mean, I think there is something about feeling like you're uniquely equipped for a particular task in life, that you have the skill sets or gifting that can be used as part of achieving a bigger goal. You know, for, for some fictional characters, it's their strength or their resilience or maybe some superpowers they have. In many ways, they were made for the quest that's in front of them. Uh, you know, comes to mind the hobbits and and Lord of the Rings. You know, mm-hmm. they're just kind of humble. Uh, quiet strength yeah. was was key to that, the success of the mission. Mm-hmm. But it makes me think of what the Apostle Paul shared in Ephesians two as well. For we're God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's Ephesians two ten. I think God has given us specific gifts for specific tasks. You know, when he calls us into something, I believe he prepares us in different ways. And one of them is by by giving us the tools to do the work set before us. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of beautiful that we're not only drawn to the quest that he lays out for us, but we're also prepared for it. Right. 
Okay, so my parents, as I mentioned, they kind of reared me on a varied movie television diet that ranged from Star Trek to Doctor Who to the Golden Girls uh, to James Bond. But there was one particular genre of film and TV show they watched religiously. And this is where I want to finish the series, actually, by thinking about murder mysteries. Okay. Well, you know, what's so interesting is uh, this murder mystery plotline was part of the last class that I did. And I'd never really thought about this before. But man, there's so many examples of this. I mean, I grew up watching Agatha Christie's Urquipraro, Jessica Fletcher and Murder, She Wrote, some Perry Mason, Columbo, the legendary Sherlock Holmes, of course. But the interesting thing for me is that though the, you know, the characters and the time periods changed, the basic premise remained the same. You know, there'd be a murder of some sort, which our central investigator would be charged with solving. And each episode was would uh, resolve with an ingenious kind of drawing together of the clues gathered, resulting in, in the exposure of the guilty party. Yeah. yeah. For me, I'm thinking about examples uh, of shows like Monk or Psych, um, Law and Order, Numbers, right. CSI and CIS, and their thousands of spinoffs. Um, they all have garnered huge followings. Um, even recent movies like Gone Girl or Knives Out, like those have been super popular too. So it's it's obviously something that uh, we, we are very excited about as humans. Yeah, which is bizarre. You know, I, when, when you think about it, I mean, it even spreads out into non-fictional formats as well, like mm-hmm. the long-running Dateline NBC, viral podcasts like Serial, My my Favorite Murder. And we should probably say in mentioning all these examples, we're not endorsing them. <laughs> yes. uh, we're, ne- we're merely just highlighting their popularity. True, true. So, yeah. All right. What do we, what do we think is the draw behind uh, our, our fascination with murder mysteries? Like, where, where are you going to take us? Well, I think there's two main elements here that drive the murder mystery narrative. Two things that kind of motivate our pursuit of clues and clarity. Uh, the first is this, our drive for justice. Someone's lost their life and the guilty party needs to be found and brought to justice as a result. So where does the sense of justice come from? Why is it so ingrained in us? So some of this we covered in our Good versus Evil plotline, so you could go back and and find uh, that there. But simply put, our desire for justice comes from our being made in the image of a just God. It's in the family genes, as it were. We're made in the image of a God who cannot sit back and watch sin go unchecked. Uh, makes me think of the, the psalmist in uh, Psalm 89. He said, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. And we sense this kind of trait inside of us when we watch murder mysteries. Someone's life is taken and suddenly we find ourselves motivated to find the culprit. And I don't think it's simply for the sake of clarity either, Seth. It's more about a state of equality, actually. A crime has been committed and and justice must be served. I think it's also interesting to look to the biblical story uh, where we can see some of the parallels with the plot line. Um, you've got a guilty party in man uh, right. and then one who brings everything to light and enacts justice uh, mm-hmm. as God. Um, but it doesn't end with a sentencing or impounding. Like, instead, we get to witness a God who enters history, his story, right. the story he's been writing to appease his own standard of justice. Instead of man being sentenced with the penalty we deserve, Christ himself took our place. Like He took the punishment so that we could walk forgiven and and free. Right. It's the kind of action that would provide a dramatic and unexpected ending to a murder crime mystery show, don't you think? Yeah, it's a good it's a good point. I mean, imagine a detective or innocent party taking the place uh, and receiving the penalty of the guilty party. Um but that's the exact kind of grace that we experience in the gospel. Yeah. 
I love that. Um, just the parallel between the two there. There's one other important element at work here, I think, uh, and, and when we're thinking about it, why we're drawn to these stories. And it's our belief in the sanctity of life. All human life is sacred yeah. is a statement that the majority of sane, reasonable people would agree with, mm-hmm. you know. But what grounds do we have to believe this? What gives the statement such deep credibility, I think, is found in our being made in the image of God and deeply loved by him. The sacredness of human life comes from association. It's not just an idea we've developed over time. The Bible's clear about how humans are distinct and sacred within creation. We are God's image bearers and ambassadors. We harbor the very breath of God within us. And it's this divine heritage and commission that sets us apart and and makes life worthy of existence and protection. So we often don't think about it, but I think that is what is behind the sense of life should be protected or justice needs to be served here when a life is taken. When we witness life maliciously taken as in murder mystery movies or books, we find ourselves unsettled and, and moved to seek justice. Do you do you think there's something about the mystery element too, about how we're just drawn to the unknown or, or the gaps in stories? Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I think God has given us curious hearts. I think about God himself is full of mystery, and yet he invites us to get to know him. I think that's one of the reasons why we're drawn to mystery. Ultimately, we were made to engage in a relationship with God, and he himself is mysterious. It might seem obvious to say, but I want to just explore one last aspect of stories before we go here, Seth. Okay. It's not so much a plot line as, as so much a common theme in fictional stories, but I think it's worth mentioning because it's also a major theme in the Bible. But the theme I'm, I'm talking about here is power or control. Mm. So in our fictional stories, we often see people seeking out power, right? Whether sovereign power, where they can rule over a land or people or the world, They often seek moral power, you know, choosing for themselves what's right or wrong. I'll make that decision. And, but there are also lots of characters who sought out creative power, you know, to make life Mm -hmm. or artificial intelligence and to kind of fashion it in their own or their own means. Do you know what's interesting to note, though, is that most of the time it's the villainous characters who are doing all this? Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's a sense in which having that kind of ultimate power, whether ultimate sovereign power, Moral power, creative power, it's just too much power for human hands. Um, There's a power that we should never attempt to handle. And when we look to the Bible, we see time and time again people attempting to take sovereign, moral, or creative power. They want to, to call the shots, as it were, you know, be in charge of their own lives and others. They want to define for themselves what's good and right. And yet, if there's anything that we learn, it's that every time people try and do that, it always ends up in failure, much like in, in our fictional stories. So instead of, of seeking ultimate power of control, Jesus invites us to yield control. You know, I, I quoted this earlier, but it's worth mentioning again. Jesus says in Luke 16, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So, Seth, it, it turns out that the path to true life is not about having ultimate control. It's about yielding control to God, to place the sovereign, moral, and creative power uh, in God's hands. 
Well said. I mean, can you imagine sitting through that movie, like a main character that constantly yields their power, possessions, and commitments? Right. It's the complete opposite of what we see in almost every story out there. And contrary to the worldview, we're told to live by. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, I think I think that wraps up a lot of what we wanted to talk about. I want to thank you for exploring all of this material with me uh, and coming up with it in the first place. I'm sure everyone out there uh, on the other end has enjoyed it as well. I hope it's been an encouragement to our listeners and sparked curiosity into them as why stories resonate the way they do. Yeah, I hope uh, so. And, and how we can identify these themes when we encounter them in the wild, um, whether you're watching movies or reading books or, or got your nightly NCIS on. Think about those connections and, and how you can reconnect them back to who we are and how we are and, and why we are. Are there any resources or next step you'd like to direct our listeners to? Yes. So just check our episode notes for some book recommendations on this topic. There are a couple in particular that have been super helpful for me as I've explored this area of, of fictional stories and, and the Bible. Oh, that's so cool. Well, thanks again for listening, everyone. I hope you'll join us next time on the next Ridge University podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you are interested in finding ways to live out your faith, why not head to our church website, ridgelife.org. There, you'll find opportunities to serve in the church and in our local community. You'll also discover ways to get involved in community groups. One of the best ways to find support and encouragement as you seek to live out what you're learning from the Bible. Head to ridgelife.org for more details.